Welcome back to Paranormal PD. Uh, this is Dallas, joined by Mr. Matthew. Oh, wow. I know. Episode two, huh? We got episode two. Maybe we might Ooh. keep doing these. I don't know. I've been looking forward to this all week. Yeah. So so why don't you tell us about what we're going to be talking about today? So, you know, in our last episode, we brought up the kind of four topics okay. of paranormal, you know, cryptids, demons, ghosts, and what was the last one? Aliens. Aliens. How are you going to forget aliens? That's like your favorite one. I know. So today we're going to go a little more, little, you know, scratching the surface on them. Okay. Go a little in depth. Give some people that have no idea anything about cryptids a little introduction to these topics. I like that. So I'm going to be talking about ghosts and demons. We already know that these are things that I'm pretty interested in. Passionate about it. I'm. I would say passionate. I would say <laughs> relatively convinced that they could be potentially real. Yeah. What uh, about cryptids and aliens? I know you like those. Are are you are you convinced about cryptids yet? I know we were kind of talking about know. this last As time. As I said last time, cryptids, it depends on the cryptid. Different cryptids, different beliefs. Okay, okay. Do you want to start us 100%. out? Or? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead and start with uh, some cryptids. So, like I said, it's just going to be some surface level Sure, just the basics. You the know, basics. Some, letting us know if we don't know history. anything about it. Yeah, so, uh, you know, we'll start off super basic. Merriam-Webster. Define oh. cryptids as an animal that clay has been claimed to exist but never proven to exist. Okay. That's straight from the dictionary. So the dictionary at least acknowledges the idea of it a does. cryptid. So the term cryptozoology, which is the study of cryptids, was coined in 1983 by J.E. Wall. And he kind of came up with this idea to replace the term monster because before that it was very much like monster hunter or the monsters out there. And it, it was, you know, unprofessional for people that like us who like to look at the, into these things. Okay. We can't say, oh, I'm studying monsters. It's, I'm studying cryptids. But are we technically studying monsters? Well, today we're going to be doing a little bit of studying monsters. Okay. Very good. Very good. So, you know, cryptids have a long history in uh, all forms of society really you know you look back at some of the ancient civilizations and you see stuff like uh in their myths and tales about stuff so how old are we talking here well the earliest documented cryptid was in 15th century bc by i'm gonna butcher this name queen hatsepet an egyptian queen basically got it she sent some ships to explore the Red Sea, and when they returned, they uh, told stories of a long-necked dragon. So this was depicted in a lot of hieroglyphs back then. And that's interesting too, because sorry to back or sorry to like you know hijack that, but dragons are mentioned quite a lot um, in a lot of like I don't know cave paintings I've seen. They are. Well, sorry to burst your bubble, but this turned out to be a giraffe. A giraffe. A giraffe <laughs> in the water, or I don't know. But when I was researching this, it was just. They, they came back and they were depicting these things, and it was later determined that in the area they were, they were just seeing giraffes on the shore. If you think about it, though. It kind of makes sense. If you have never <laughs> seen a giraffe before, that's pretty sus. It's a pretty good description. It's a long-necked dragon. If you've seen it from the shore. Where are the wings coming from here? That's, are hey, they thinking that maybe it was just you not know, all perched? dragons have wings. Is that right? That is right. I guess when you think about Komodo dragon, Komodo dragons don't really have wings, do they? Oh, sir. We're talking about Komodo dragons in a minute. Oh, wow. 
So, you know, throughout history, uh, from like ancient Greece, Rome, Egypt, like I just said, China, they all have cryptids in their mythology from like minotaurs, centaurs, cyclopses, dragons, harpies, fairies. You know, the list goes on. Sure, all the all the classics, really. All the classics. The list goes on. So it's like, where are these coming from? There has to be some sort of inspiration. There has to be people citing these. You know, you have stories of people going out, slaying minotaurs, slaying cyclopses, hunting dragons. And, you know, it's it's hard to believe that these stories aren't being inspired from somewhere, especially sure. when you're getting similar stories from around the world. You know, like dragons, for example, right? Yes. No, I'm familiar with the fact that they're brought up pretty often. You know, you have dragons in China. You have dragons in England. You have dragons in row everywhere, basically, is has some sort of stories, whether they want to call it a dragon or not, of a larger lizard like creature that can fly, breathe fire. Yes. Um, You know, China has the one. I don't know the actual term for it, but it's like that. You know, it doesn't have wings. And it, but it can still fly, breathe fire. Yeah, I believe they have. Well, I'm sorry if this is going to be, you know, culturally wrong, but I believe <laughs> that they have some sort of festival or dance with a wingless dragon. Yeah. They they yep. dress up and as a wingless dragon, yep. right? And I believe it's like good luck for like yeah. brand I mean, new they, stores they that have, are opening. They have the year of the dragon. Yeah, which is depicted as a wingless dragon. Now, is that good? Is the year of the dragon good or bad? I don't know. I don't know. That is it even year. something that would be good or bad? I think it's just another year. A name for a year. Well, we'll have to look that up at some point. We will. That will be on our dragon episode. It sounds pretty paranormal <laughs> if you ask me. But So, you know, you have these, you got like a normal depiction of a dragon, which is more of like the uh, English style where you have your knights go out and you have these big winged beasts with long necks, fangs, breathing fire, killing sheep. Those are the ones that I'm familiar with. And of course, the yeah. Game of Thrones ones that I think we're and the all Game of Thrones familiar ones. with. That's basically the, when you say dragon, that's, the, that's the image in your head that you people go to. So there are some interesting hypotheses kind of out there, which like I said, we'll go into more detail when we actually do the dragon episode. But, you know, there's people that say... The reason we don't find any like remnants of them is because they had bird bones to fly, so hollow bones, so that when they die, these bones don't fossilize well. They basically disintegrate, get destroyed. That, and I've heard a few of those yeah. like type arguments, and I think Joe Rogan at some point had an archaeologist on yeah. that made a pretty convincing point that they could have existed and that they actually probably did exist, or at least something... In Similar. the form of what we think of. Yeah, and you know... Something you, closer than what we you have You gotta now. say like... There's always inspiration in the world, right? It's pretty hard to come up with a brand new original idea, especially if you're coming up with a creature, right? And for uh, I just think for so many different cultures at the similar time frame, because they're all in like that time where it's like, well, between like 1000 AD to like maybe 1600 AD, where you got the knights, you got like... Um, what is it? I don't. I don't know what dynasty in China it is, but they were all kind of. Don't even ask me. Yeah, they're all kind of matching up on the timelines where people are hunting dragons, and they're hunting them in, uh, like in the stories at least. They're hunting them to such a level where they could have easily hunted them to extinction, without a doubt. They could have been like a creature that's you know on the decline anyway. I'm look- just curious though, as like for example, right? If they do hunt them and they do kill one, why wouldn't they have you know kept a body and tried to preserve it? Maybe they did, and maybe they just couldn't. They didn't have the technology back then. Like, now we can, you know, make uh, copies of bones. We'll put them in, make, I don't know, carbon copies or... I'm thinking just... Plaster copies. Like, you know, how you preserve meat. I think they knew how to preserve meat back then with, like, salt. 
Yeah, but they needed to eat. Why not do that to a dragon? They needed to eat. So you think they ate the dragon? Is that kind of what you're thinking here? Yeah. They're not going to preserve... Let's say, you know, Mr. King Arthur goes out there, kills a dragon. They're not going to be able to preserve that thing for over 500 years. Let me ask you a more important question then. Okay. Did it taste like chicken? I can't answer that. <laughs> if it has like bird bones, do you think it tasted like chicken? It may be a little more tough. I'm going to be honest. I've never heard the argument that they ate the body, but I, I guess it's possible. You think about the times they had like the black death going on afterwards. If they're preserving a body and they're starving and suddenly Mr. King comes along like, hey, I got a bunch of dragons in the back. They're being preserved. I don't know. It's about looking all this. a little good. This is a little I far. was kind of on board for the dragon thing but i'm off i'm definitely not on board with the fact that they ate dragons well, i think that we well, would know. let me go back to what i was like kind of talking about so go ahead go ahead there's animals where they hunted them to extinction for sure right like you have like a lot of the ice age creatures when it's coming out of the ice age where they're in their populations declining already it looks like they're going to be extinct like and mammoths i mammoths, imagine saber two tigers yeah. kind of thing the, obviously these things did exist we know they did that exist, we have found right? the bones of these, and these things the, and you know we just assisted their you know going away basically now hear me out maybe well maybe this isn't even a valid point because from my understanding anyway a dragon would probably be some sort of reptile Meaning yep. it probably couldn't uh, exist in like a cold area. Yep. And I will say we have like the remnants of the mammoths and the saber tooth tigers yep. because it was super cold and they froze and we found them later. Mm-hmm. Right. But there wasn't at least like one dragon, you know, in that area that you know maybe died and stayed frozen and was preserved. Is that possible that that's still out there? It might be. There's a lot of unknowns. I mean, you see how like you've seen pictures of the ancient world where Antarctica was like a rainforest or something. And, you know, under the ice, we don't know what's under that ice. This is true. Well, the Nazis did. The Nazis apparently did. Allegedly. But that's a whole different story. Yeah, that's that a is. Whole, I think that's a Garth right Why? No, I'm just joking. Go ahead. So, um, kind of want to go into some, like, what I call former cryptids. What does that mean? Cryptids that were proven to exist. And oh. now they are fully acknowledged by society. So as soon as they are acknowledged, do they go from being a cryptid to just an animal? They'd be or? classified as a new species. So let me tell you about two of them. One of them was always called, known as the African unicorn. Is it a rhino? It was not a rhino, which I, you know, based on the name, I totally get where you're going with this. It is actually the Occupy. Literally never heard of it. Which is that animal that's like, it's got like a zebra butt and a horse top front half. You've probably seen pictures of it. It Sounds like the Zonkey. No. Oh. It's, well, it was proven to exist in 1901 when Sir Harry Johnston found a skeleton in his skin and he brought it back to England, the British Museum specifically. And they classified it as a new species then. Is this something you can still go and see? I was about to say that, sir. I was in South Africa uh, a couple of years ago. And believe it or not, I saw one. No, you didn't. I have seen the African unicorn and I can confirm. You've seen a real one. I've seen a real one in the wild in Africa. I don't know about all this. So it's not... A super rare creature. It was just mostly because they heard stories from like explorations and then people didn't believe it because when you describe it, it sounds utterly stupid. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'd say that's pretty fair. <laughs> it sounds pretty ridiculous, if I'm being honest. So it's fully classified. It's it's been recognized. It's got a whole. It's actually closest to, uh, like, genetic relative is a giraffe. So it's kind of similar size, but doesn't have a long neck. And then it's got the funny, funny looking stripes. You've seen pictures of it. I'm sure I have. I'm sure I have. So I just don't know if I'm as impressed with that as I am with the zonkey. Yeah. I, I've seen a zonkey as well. So that <laughs> is real. It's not a cryptid. So I'm gonna go, you know, my other form of cryptid there. I would like to talk about is, was, uh, it's actually the Komodo dragon. This is some groundbreaking stuff. That was a cryptid. Which before 1910 was commonly laughed at by scientists and professionals for being so unrealistic well, they and didn't funny. know shit. So there was a lot of stories coming out of uh, the Komodo Island in Indonesia about giant lizards. And all these scientists were like just laughing it off. No, there's no way. You know, typical scientists. I think they then. also thought that like if you were ailing that like at some point bleeding you was a great idea. Yeah. Oh, actually that might have been 1700s, but never mind. Go ahead. So kind of what happened with these is um, someone went to the, the island of Komodo. They killed one and brought it back to New York. And basically they said, why would you kill, bring us on the live one? And then we'll believe you. So why would that even be a thing though? What would be the difference between a dead one hey, and an alive one? I don't one? know. Like, it, so it's there. I didn't get the specific number but he went back he bought i believe it was somewhere between five dead ones and two alive ones back to new york and wow. yep, they fully recognized it they did research and believe it or not it was actually an inspiration for the 1933 king kong movie the komodo dragon the komodo dragon was an inspiration for king kong the big monkey it was how does that make any sense i don't know but another form of cryptid is the gorilla what? It is. No. It I refuse is. to believe this. We'll talk about it later. I, I didn't want to pick it because I thought no, it was a little No, let's talk crazy. about this now. Oh, you're going to have to give me a sec then. Let me go find the, find some articles. Oh, I thought you had this ready. I did not have this ready. Oh, then don't, was, don't worry about the gorilla. We'll talk about that okay. later then. So, um, so there's some ones that have proven to be real. Um, you know, I wanted to talk about some modern cryptids that we kind of see today. No, I like because, that. Because, like I said, these former ones, they've kind of been proven to be, you know... Real. <laughs> Some of them. Not all of them. Let's so, be honest. Not all of them. So one of them that's on the border of being considered real is the Chupacabra. Yeah, they did find, I think, a body in Mexico, right? Uh, actually, it was Texas. They found a body in Texas? They did find the body in Texas. But a lot of them still believe it's a coyote with uh, diseases like mango or whatever you however they you They did do it. a DNA test, right? They did a DNA test on it and found out that it was a coyote they, with like mange I, or something. Yes. So they did they have done a few tests on them and people still believe they're just coyotes with different sort of diseases and that what kind of makes them lose their hair and get more aggressive like kind of like a rabies thing. So it, it's it's on the edge where people some people say, "Oh no, that's for sure a chupacabra, that's for sure a coyote." And they're they're in this zone where People are, are spotting them, and there's been bodies that have turned up, but they're not a new species. It kind of falls into that either it's a disease or it might be like a crossbreed of like, yeah. I don't know, a coyote and something else, for it, example. I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, I don't even know if you would know this, but I remember seeing at some point 
that like the Tasmanian devil was thought to not exist, right? Yep. And that was also, I think that was another cryptid at yep, some point. It was until they they figured out that that actually was its own. Yep. It's own like animal. Well, a lot of these animals, they you know, when if you, if you go describing it to someone, they sound outrageous. True. Like, but I, I would say a chupacabra can sound you know realistic. I think the thing more about it that is weird is other it sucks blood. Right. That's the idea behind it. So the, the kind of some basic info is they're meant to have hollow teeth, which they suck blood through. Is what some people have said. Other Bit people of a say. Vampire. Exactly, and other people say they're more. They don't suck the blood like that. They just kind of eat it, and it, it's weird. I that's where it starts stretching. If it's like a an actual just a dog and it bites stuff, sure. But there's there's been cases where the the animals are left with no blood, which starts to raise some questions. Like, okay, what is this do? What is doing this? And they have like three fang marks as well. Mm, when, that's what I've seen. That when, is some you know, of the stuff that I've seen. You is, see, like coyotes obviously have four fangs they have two on the upper and two or two big whatever they're called what's well, also interesting about like that specific idea to me as well is i think that there's been like weird cattle manipulation or not manipulations i'm sorry but um well the cattle's too big most of the ones they go for are, like goats and sheep like smaller animals okay. yeah because i've seen different things about like you know the blood being sucked out of of the body completely being drained yeah. but i've seen that with like cows goats and different stuff at like yeah for example i think that was like a phenomenon that was going on at skinwalker Ranch. it was a lot of cattle mutilation so i'm curious well did it ha- could it have been a chupacabra i don't know does anyone know i don't think so <laughs> i think the government might know the government might know so uh, i don't think modern- they really let on about what they do know though no the other modern cryptid i want to talk about was everyone's favorite bigfoot I think that's your favorite. It's my favorite. For I think sure. Bigfoot is your favorite. Bigfoot, Bigfoot is my absolute favorite cryptid. I, I don't know. It's a special place in my heart. That's what it is. So, well, what's the idea behind him? Well, you know, the idea is it's some humanoid figure. Depending on what culture you're in, ranges anywhere from the smaller size is five foot. You have the uh, orang. I don't know how to pronounce the other word, but it's in basically like Indonesia, Philippines, where it's a smaller, hu- hairy humanoid, but it doesn't match any gorillas or monkeys they have in that area. So they have that on the small side. And then on the bigger side, you have Sasquatch, which is 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 feet, depending on where it is. What about the Yeti? I want to hear about the Yeti. Well, the Yeti is in Himalayas, up in Nepal, China. That's the one that's like super sketch, isn't it? Yeah, that's, you know, basically... Sasquatch, but white fur to blend in with the snow. That's that's <laughs> that does sound pretty. That sounds pretty bad. It does. And it's yeah. So, oh, the one I was talking about was the Orang Pendak. That's the one from the uh, the islands of like Indonesian area. But you have a lot. There's it's interesting too, like how spread out these stories are mm-hmm, because you have stuff like. The skunk ape, which is found in the Florida, like the swamps and the... Is that real? Evergrowth. Or is that a cryptid? It's, it's basically Bigfoot in the swamp. But is it real? Like, is it confirmed? It, no. Oh, okay. I, I wasn't it's sure if it was like oh. some sort of species. <laughs> oh, no, it, it, it's a cryptid. So you have all of these things, and then you have, you know, something that did actually exist was the Gigantop... I don't know how to say this. It's a Latin word for basically... A Bigfoot. 
So is it possible? I don't know if you in, in your research found anything about this, but is it possible that maybe these are some form of like past versions of humans? Because I know that there are you know so, other so versions that we found. There's lots of theories about what a Bigfoot is. There's people that say they are um, left over from this extinct species of human, where they, you know, when humans were developed, you know, uh, evolving from gorillas, they got kind of in this middle zone, and they didn't continue where we went hairless and more, you know, for sweating and stuff. Yeah, of course. Um, as then they kept their hair and they started, you know, they got bigger in size because there was less of them. So they had to become more strong and independent for hunting purposes. Then there's other that people that say that it's more like a feral person kind of idea where they grow the hair because they live outside to stay warm. And people just overestimate the size because they have bad vision. And in the time, in the moment, they don't know what they're seeing. Well, I feel like that is a really... and. I'm going to say this as a skeptic. Well, fairly skeptical. I'm not totally skeptical. I, I believe in some things, right? But that's a super easy way to dismiss people, in my opinion, mm-hmm. is to say, oh, you know, maybe they just didn't see right. Maybe they didn't have their glasses. Yeah. That's kind of unfair, to be yeah, fair. But, I mean, you see a lot of these, uh, you know, when people get their heart rate up and they start, they're, they're thinking, you know, I mean, if you're, in the, if you're in the woods, you hear someone screaming and you see someone running away in the woods you're not paying attention. Oh, how tall is that person? From you're you're gonna be like, there was someone there running away. You know? Are you saying you would run? Of course I would run from Bigfoot. Are you kidding me? I mean, that's fair. I can't really say anything about that. Yeah, he's scary. I don't need to say anymore. I don't think a gun can do anything to him. Well, you haven't tried. That's true. We'll do it. Might be worth hunting. trying. That's one of our on-scene investigations coming up. Is oh, definitely. Bigfoot hunting. I'd actually be curious, too, because I'm sure some people have heard and seen about some of the stuff that, like, the Forest Service has to say and some of, like, the National oh, Park yeah. phenomenas. Oh, yes. So maybe we could talk to some of those, like, park rangers and just get an yeah, idea well, for some of the stuff We're going to have seen. to get our Bigfoot uh, hunting permit for sure. Can them. you get that? We'll find out. Interesting. Anyway, that's all I have for cryptids. I know it was a lot, but I think... It was also not a lot. It's, a, it's the a big topic. It's a really big they topic. They all are big topics. They are. So I believe you're going to be uh, talking to us about some little spooky boys. Yeah, a little little boo-boo, little... <laughs> <laughs> is that a official ghost sound? Oh, you already know it is. I don't, I don't just say things just to say things, all right? That's something that I would hope that you would know about me already. I don't know. That sounded pretty. Okay, I definitely sound. do say things or say things though. No, <laughs> I'm going to be talking about ghosts. Um, just out of curiosity, what, what do you know about ghosts? I know as much as that anyone does is that when you play Mario and you see a ghost, you don't go near it. Yeah. Okay. I could. I can work with that. So, <laughs> I mean, just talking about the basic idea of a ghost. It's kind of based on the idea that a person's spirit could exist separately from his or her body, right? Mm-hmm. Um. It's kind of like an in-between state if you believe in religion. Mm, like right. a not, you know, not yeah. to the afterlife yet. And, and I will say this. I did not realize what ghosts were from a religious standpoint. I mm. thought this whole time, and I don't know why I thought this. I might have read this at some point when I was younger, but I had thought that ghosts were like non-existent and that any sort of like separate entity that we thought was a ghost was really like a demon, which we'll talk about later. Um 
trying to play a joke on you to make you believe Ooh. that it's a ghost or like a long lost loved one. I, I knew some stuff about ghosts and I knew that is what were, I said right now. Sound yeah. kind of accurate to what you've heard. Yeah. I, I mean, well, I, I've also heard that ghosts, you know, are separate beings that normally like the stereotypical ghost is someone that dies and has unfinished business in the world. Sure. And they need sure. to complete that business to go to the afterlife so they're stuck on earth in this ghost form or energy form or whatever you want to say it is yeah and they gotta you know complete their life or do whatever they need to do to move on so to be fair you're partially correct at least from a biblical standpoint if we're going to talk from a biblical standpoint you are partially correct okay so according to the bible there and and this is the bible doesn't straight out say it but when you read the bible it never would oh well (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> How dare you, first of all. <laughs> Just kidding. No, so when you read it and you and you listen to the different kinds of ideas behind ghosts, you basically boil it down to three different things, right? Mm-hmm. The first one is souls from purgatory. Okay. So they're neither from heaven or hell. They're stuck here. Is that kind of like what I was talking about? That's very much so what you were talking what you were talking I about knew specifically. I had a basic idea. So, yeah, exactly. So and, and that's kind of, you know, a a widely accepted opinion on what a lot of people think ghosts yeah. are. The second idea though, according to the Bible is that they're damned souls from hell. So I shouldn't say idea. There's, there's three kinds of yeah. ghosts. Okay. I, more or less is what they're saying. Right? So first one from purgatory, second one are damned souls from hell that are sent back up here as like a warning. Oh, as a warning to what your future could possibly be. If you continue oh. to, do the kind of like the doing. Scrooge story, goats from future very, past and stuff. Actually, that's that's very accurate. Ooh. Yes, no, without a doubt, that's that's a great point. Um, so that's that's probably a little bit more of a scary ghost, if I had to guess. Oh, probably ghost. not the kind of ghost There's you nice want ghosts? to see. Uh, I wouldn't say nice ghosts, but the third idea is they are souls sent from heaven. Oh, souls sent from heaven to kind of help you along and and help you in times of need. Oh, to perform miracles, maybe you could say. Could. I, I don't know that or, they have that kind of power. Or to look over you. I think that's more of like an angel type okay. deal. And I can't even go into angels in this because there's yeah. actually some wild stuff about angels that I didn't realize. But yeah. basically, just see them more as a sign. All these things are more as signs, right? And okay. the idea like is that you want to pray for these things when you see them. They okay. aren't supposed to be here. That's that is the bottom line. They're not supposed to but be here, whether they're just, from heaven, hell, or purgatory. You want to pray for them oh. so they can go back. But this is just the biblical standpoint. Just the I'm, biblical. You know, exactly. Obviously, there's just a lot the of religions. There is are. this what they all say? Um, that's not what they all say. Oh, that's more of the Christian idea of ghosts. Okay. Um, obviously, when we're talking about the Bible specifically, mm-hmm. that's more of. Christian is this Christian like Christian Catholic kind of all of them generically okay when you're talking about like Christianity and that line of thought I think and I don't want to say this as a matter of fact because I actually don't know but Christianity is like a sect of religion right and yeah yeah from my understanding the idea of like exactly but like Catholicism and Christianity for the most part have similar views okay compared to like Judaism so you're saying more of the Bible is saying this and if you follow yes. that then that's kind of your beliefs and, and more of the western idea okay. of religion right so that that's kind of where that's kind of where I started just because those are those those are easy to understand those make sense to yeah. me but ghosts go pretty far back 
further mm. back than I thought. And Ooh. actually in the Bible, it's, it's not like a trivial topic. It's not something that you wouldn't want to talk about. For example, mm-hmm. when the disciples saw Jesus walking across the water, yeah. they thought he was a ghost. And that's I, actually said in the Bible. I didn't know that. Yeah, neither did I. So I, I thought from a religious standpoint that ghosts were like evil. That was my impression yeah. is, you know, you see like, what well, paranormal activity exactly. <laughs> and all these movies where you got like, well, poltergeist and stuff where they're throwing oh, stuff around. It's actually very interesting that you bring up poltergeist. Do you know where the, the phrase poltergeist comes from? I'm sure it's like an ancient Latin or Greek term. From it's something. actually a German word. Oh. It's a German word. So polter and, and German stands for rumble. Okay. And geist is ghost. So rumble ghost. That's a rumble ghost. A rumble ghost. That's a poltergeist. So for example, a poltergeist is like a ghost that like moves things, makes sounds. And that's, that's more of the, the, I don't know, mainstream ghost. Like the Hollywood ghost. That's the Hollywood ghost. That's the one that everyone goes to see. Yeah. When you got someone like books flying at you from across the room. Correct. Correct. Stuff like like that. The Enfield haunting, for example. Yeah. The Enfield haunting would be a great example of the idea of what a poltergeist would be. Who knows what it was? Who knows if it's real or fake? It's documented. We know that. Obviously, there were hundreds of reporters that went to go and research the Enfield haunting. That's one of the most famous cases of all time. I think we brought Mm -hmm. it up in our first episode. Um, but there's actually a few different kinds of ghosts. Ooh, there's the poltergeist, more. which is obviously a very famous one. Yep. The other one that I'm sure you've you've seen, you know, on on the internet and in some books is like the orb ghost. The orb. I've have you seen s- ghost adventures where they're like, oh, look at those orbs. I, so I've I've seen ghost orbs. Yeah. I didn't know that that was a separate ghost. I thought it yep. was an effect of a ghost. Like, nope. Hey, there's I a ghost so in this too. area, and this is. A side effect of them being in the area. That and that's what I think a lot of people think, but actually, surprisingly, it's that's like an idea of what a certain kind of ghost is. Oh, similar to the orb ghost is a funnel ghost. So it's those ghosts that appear to be like, you know, ghost. super pointed at the bottom, and then when you like take a picture of it, it's kind of like an apparition, but it's not like of a body. Oh. It's of like a shadow. That's yeah, like yeah, a yeah. funnel ghost. I'd, I'd never heard of that. I've either. never heard that term either. No. Yeah. Okay. So it'd be difficult, obviously, to go through all the different kinds of ghosts. Yeah. Um, just because different religions, different areas of the world have different opinions mm-hmm. on that. Right. But there's a lot. Um, one of the earliest actual documentations of a ghost is from the 1500s. Ooh. Yeah, um, just reading this little point here from the Smithsonian, they talk about a, t- a clay tablet that they found in um, in the Middle East, which Ooh. is a guide for exercising ghosts, which is interesting. There's always a good exorcism. There is. I didn't know that was strictly ghost related. I thought that was more like Demons. demonic possession. So did I. But I think probably back in the 1500 BCE, which mm-hmm. is when this was, they probably didn't know that there was a difference. Hmm. I don't know. So this they say that those be. people were more in touch with like nature just because they lived in nature more. I don't know if that's maybe Ooh. a factor. Maybe they understood things that we don't understand. Maybe. And along those terms, so it, it's it's definitely interesting um, when you look at like ancient civilizations and you look at like some of their like tablets and some of their drawings yeah. that they yeah, have sure. because there's actually a lot of mention of ghosts. Another mm-hmm. interesting one is in Mesopotamia. So Ooh. apparently in Mesopotamia it was. It was a it was a common idea that ghosts definitely existed, and they had different ways of removing ghosts from like their culture. Did they not 
want the ghosts there or did they want to remove them? Were they, did they, they wanted see to help. Bad? They, they thought ghosts were bad. Okay. They thought they were from the underworld, which okay. is kind of similar, I guess, in, in all reality to like them believing in demons. Yeah. When you look at what their idea of what ghosts are, just like in this 1500 uh, BC tablet found in Babylon. I'm, I'm sorry. I said the Middle East, but more specifically Babylon. Yeah. They thought it was something you would exercise, which like you said, leads you more to believe that maybe they thought it was a demon, mm-hmm. which... Even now, even today, even I thought a ghost was a demon. So that's interesting. But um, one of the ways that they found was that you could exercise an older male ghost by using a young female to lead them into a trap and send them back to the underworld. Hmm. I know there's a lot of videos on uh, about young girls leading older men to traps. Yeah, it's called To Catch a Predator. <laughs> I know. So they're telling me that this is the original To Catch a Predator. I guess it is, yeah. So that's. I thought that was interesting. I wasn't really sure about that. Um, cool. I've got an honorable mention also in terms of ghost sightings. Ooh. So anybody that is listening to this that knows us personally knows that I brew beer. I'm very much so into beer. Oh, yes. I happen to be very into a beer called Pliny the Elder, or Pliny, however mm. you pronounce it. And it just so happens that Pliny the Younger was a great Roman author and was the son of Pliny the Elder and recorded one of the first notable ghost stories in his letters, which I'm not going to talk about now because I would like to go over that in a more in-depth episode. Yep. But let it be known, they knew not just beer. They knew all about booze in general. Whoa. Do you get it? I get that joke. (laughs) That's That's a nice little joke there pretty lame joke if you ask me i didn't think we need to edit in a little to that because i thought that was pretty genius and i actually just thought about that right now when i said it so <laughs> i'm gonna go ahead and pat myself on the back on that one i think i did a great job absolutely outstanding your comedy is next level yes so obviously we could we could go on and on we could talk about a bunch of the warren cases we have ideas for the future in terms of what we want to cover for you know we said at the start of this this is kind of just scratching the surface giving people an intro correct we don't want to go too much we don't want to overplay our hand in some of these cases and if we were to go that in depth this is going to end up being a two-hour episode which i'm good for and we might do in the future not right now not right now we just need a basic overview that being said i think you have something else for us oh now we're getting to the good stuff. And what are you by, trying to see? You don't like ghosts? Ghosts are good. All I'm saying is this next one is a lot more likely to be real. Okay. Hold and on. And we're talking about aliens. Hold on. And we're not That's just talking unfair. about the kind of aliens that I am by immigrating to this country. We're talking about the aliens from outer space. Hmm. Specifically extraterrestrial life. So what does that mean? What does that mean is that life it's term for life that doesn't originate on earth. So I don't think I like the sound of that. Oh, sir. The government doesn't either. Oh, they no, don't want don't us to know about it. Anything about that. <laughs> yeah. They might know a lot, but they don't want us to know about it. That's true. So this is anything from, you know, you hear about Martians, moon people, uh, all these other planets or people that come from. We'll talk about some in a minute. Oh, okay. I, I, I will come straight out the gate and say i don't believe in moon people but continue. moon people absolutely not no martians <sighs> they've seen a lot of the freezing of the martian oceans and there's like bacterial life i think they've discovered and some other stuff so i think martians is real you know convenient because we didn't know anything about mars yeah when they used to say those things i think knowing something about mars makes that a lot less convenient i don't believe that there are martians either 
So when it comes to extraterrestrial life, right, there's, you know, it, it's your judgment of what is life and what what it, what constitutes life. Are you talking about intelligent species or are you talking about stuff that is physically just living and procreating? See, that's a great point. And I was actually about to retract my statement about I don't believe in, in Martians because, because when you bring that up. I actually can believe bacterial life could definitely well, exist. They, they ha- they've, I believe in that recent one, they've got like single cell organisms. They that, believe, they believe. They believe those single yes. cell organisms that were frozen. So in that case, there. yes, that's, that is definitely something I mean, that I technically, can't it's argue Martian. with. Yeah, no, it's yeah. Well, no, without a doubt. Now, I'm but, talking more about our mainstream <clears throat> idea of We're talking about ETs. intellectual beings. That is what I'm People talking about. People with high tech coming down, advanced species. Yes. That's what I'm talking about here. So before we go into a little detail, there is something called the Drake equation. And that is a uh, kind of an equation that they use to, de- like, it speculates the existence of uh Well, from life. my understanding, it talks about the probability of life outside of Earth. That yeah. is the idea behind the Drake equation, right? So it's a formula that they use. It takes into consideration stars, uh, locations, suns. All of this stuff, and it, it, it spits out probabilities of, yeah. you know, how many planets or what what could potentially have life or sustain life. Sure. So there's this formula that is out there. I'm not a math person or, you know, an astrophysicist, and I have no idea what any of those numbers mean. But yeah. it's out there if you're into that stuff and you want to go look at it yourself. Maybe at some point we, you know, <clears throat> post this up on our Instagram or something. So you Maybe can take a do. look at it. We will. So... I want to talk about, you know, a a binary star system, which is very much real. I already know what you're saying when you say binary star system. So it's called Zeta Reticuli. Yes. It is found in the southern constellation of Reticulum and can be seen by the naked eye as a double star in very dark skies. This is very much a real place. Oh, without a doubt. No, it, th- this is definitely a, a researched galaxy. Yes. It it belongs to the Zeta-Hercules moving group of stars. They all share a common origin. And it is, like I said, it, it's a real place. So the reason I talk about it is most of the co- alien sightings, the famous alien stuffs, the whole Roswell incident, allegedly... The aliens came from this star system. Yes, from Zeta Reticuli. And when the interesting part about this is, is we've had multiple cases where people state, oh, I've I've been abducted and I've gotten a chance to actually talk to, you know, the aliens allegedly. Right. Mm -hmm. This all allegedly. Yeah. Um, And multiple times Zeta Reticuli pops up as the place where these beings came from multiple times. It's very interesting. And obviously the Roswell incident, if we were to go more in depth to the Roswell incident, we would see. How do I say this? This is going to sound very conspiracy theory ish. They claim that the bodies died. That they recovered dead bodies, right? Mm-hmm. There's also other claims that they recovered there was alive. one that was alive. EBE1, to be exact. And, and, th- and this is some advanced stuff well, here. Well, but. I mean, this is a whole episode on its own. But there may have been a little uh, trade offer going in where some humans went over there to live. Allegedly. Project Allegedly. Serpo. Yeah. Oh, sir. Don't even. We're yeah. going to start. This is too much this is right deep. now. This is some next level stuff here, guys. So Zeta Reticuli is meant to be where... 
these aliens are from. It's very talked about. It's we don't know too much about it. Um, I believe it is on like that Drake equation. It, it, it's possible that it could sustain life. So it's not denying it, but it's not confirmed. Here's what's interesting about that anyway, right? So I I could be wrong on this, but I think the Drake equation refers to like carbon life, it, yes. which is life as we know it. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things we don't know. Straight up. Nitrogen there's a lot of life. things that we don't know. Who knows? Could be. Yeah. So, so you know, it's hard to keep talking about aliens without bringing up Area 51. Of course. So, officially, it's a U.S. Air Force base in Nevada, and it's very highly classified. Definitely a but in-site investigation, or on-site investigation, if you will. <laughs> I don't think we can get there. We could drive, and we could try. We can stand outside the gates and take some pictures and then yes. be arrested. I'm down. So, like I said, officially, it's an Air Force base. Unofficially, it's the, you know... Basically, where we keep all the alien and future tech. Well, okay. And alien people. Well, there's difference. Let's there's let's specify. specify. There's different parts of Area 51. Yes. The one that we're talking about is S4. S4. Made famous by Bob Lazar. Made famous by Bob Lazar, where they have apparently aliens walking around. You can. They have jobs there. Is that is that an idea? It's what was. What what's been talked about when you talk about Bob Lazar and his okay. experiences there is that there's there's stuff there. I mean, there's also well, I I don't think that Bob Lazar necessarily said there were aliens walking around. I think he mentioned at one point that when he was walking by the hangar, he had looked through a window in one of the doors and saw something that he didn't know or he didn't understand what it could okay. have been. Then this is speculation than what I'm hearing. Yeah, I think that's okay. speculation. Just to be fair to the Bob Lazar story, because there there's <clears> a there's a lot of, I'm not going to say truth, but there's a lot of credence that we can give him because he has not changed his story. No. He's he's only spoken about things that he understands. Mm-hmm. We have proof that the government has tried to hide what he's done yep. in terms of schooling and yep. where he worked at. We know that. We know they mm-hmm. tried to hide that. Why? Why is that? We know Gotta that he was a legitimate, a legitimate propulsion engineer. He and was. he would have the kind of spec- specifications it would take to work at a place like that. Yeah. So I'm very passionate about so, the Bob Lazar story. I'm not saying he's yeah. telling the truth, but I'm saying there's a lot of reason to believe that he could be. Yeah. I mean, just alone, it's it's one of these things that, you know, Area 51 in general, I didn't realize this, was only publicly acknowledged that the base exists as recent as 2013. Yeah. No, it, it was hidden it for was a long time. And... You know, part of it was discovered by the uh, Freedom of Information Act, where people were saying, hey, there's something going on here, and they refused to acknowledge it until recently. Yeah. So, I, I, mean, I, I honestly didn't know that. I thought it was kind of acknowledged from a while. Let me ask you this. Yeah. What about areas 1 through 50? I have no answer. I don't think anybody does. Continue. Okay. Well, completely ignoring that, we'll talk about Project Blue Book. <laughs> oh, wow. So we're just going to jump straight into we'll that. We'll just jump straight into that. That's, yeah, that's a big one. So uh, Project Blue Book is the code name for the base, the systematic study of unidentified flying objects by the U.S. Air Force. 
It started in March of 1952, and the project was actually terminated in December of 1969. It, the headquarters of this project was in Ohio, and when you look at any famous UFO case between those dates... They are always involved. They are, if not the first ones there, shortly yeah. after the initial response by the U.S. government, yeah. because that was their job. It's, it's interesting. Project Blue Book, like... Legitimately, if you look at any yeah. any UFO or alien type sighting that appears to have any merit, they are always involved. Always involved. Super yeah, weird. if you look up anything, I mean, there's like the it, it just goes on. Like I'm, I have the their list of investigations up here, and it's nonstop. It it has errors after errors after errors of like I'm not saying errors, but I'm saying era like the time periods yeah. no i, I get where what you're saying they just have all these researches and stuff from you know there was that the ufo sightings in england where they're responding to a u.s it's a u.s air force base yeah. that no, they, they were responding throughout the world they even were going in Russia. all over the world to study all of this extraterrestrial life and it's you know i, I don't want to go into detail because like again i think this is a separate episode that we want to do a lot more research on and give you guys the best information oh, yeah. about project it blue book is is a big one and it would be yeah. easy to pick <clears throat> 10 different topics and you know go on for about it oh yeah, yeah for a long time the other interesting thing is is i don't know if you came across this in your in your research but it was actually confirmed that i believe a sector of the pentagon connected to the navy is still actively researching ufos so not ufo they're not called it, ufos it's anymore. not it's not confirmed but it's unofficial that Project Blue Book just changed name. Yeah. And it's still going on. Definitely. And it was the, the, all the research is just officially the Freedom of Information Act. Basically, they came out and said, yeah, we're studying UFOs. This is the code name. This is some of the stuff you do. And when you research any UFO cases, Project Blue Book was there. Project Blue Book was there. So I'm sure you're going to we'll probably do that before we start talking too much about UFOs because they're going to be popping in and out throughout history. Oh, yeah. So yeah. I wanted to do a real quick, you know, go back in time for what we called ancient astronauts or ancient aliens, you know, give a bit of yeah. history that they've been documented and with human contact from the big ones, obviously Egypt. People say, how are the pyramids built? You know, the doesn't make sense. How do humans get up there? How do they build these giant sculptures in, you know, the shorter time and that many of them? There's a lot of them. So, I mean, there's all these civilizations have these different things my biggest i don't want to say evidence but like thing that caught catches my attention when i see these are it's often aligned with stars which granted okay you, you they could do that back in the day they can figure out stars and kind of align it with them but they're aligning these pyramids if you look at all these ancient pyramids in the world right you have the pyramids in mexico pyramids yes. in china they make a perfect straight line almost yeah around it's the world. interesting um how well they knew their astronomy for sure which i i don't when they say you know they they lined up like the pyramids of giza with whatever stars and blah 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 right i don't doubt that they had astronomers that could say hey we need to build this here we need to build that there but as a straight line around the world, there's no way Egyptians were talking to Mexicans saying, hey, build your pyramid here. I'll build my pyramid here. It'll be a straight line. I agree. I didn't realize that was the point you were making. And no, I, I agree that there's definitely yeah. been some weird stuff that have come up in, in regards to stuff like that. Yeah. So 
that's what I have for aliens for now. We'll have to uh, do a lot more details later on about it. I believe you are going to bring up the uh, final topic. Yeah, r- real quick. I know we've been going on for a bit and we've kind of gotten caught up in some good conversations, which I like. Mm-hmm, um, for sure. But th- and this is a big topic, so this is this is going to be hard to cover a lot of stuff. Um, but we'll, we'll we'll see what we can do here. So I'm going to be talking about demons. The interesting thing to me is, is I didn't realize um, that there was different ideas of what demons were yes. from different, you know, different parts of the world. Mm-hmm. So the original Greek word, which was daemon, which is where the, the phrase was de- derived from, didn't actually have any negative meaning. Oh. It just meant that there was a spirit with divine power, Oh, which that was apparently coming from the works of like Plato. Yeah. And that was from the inspiration of Socrates. So that's that's something that I didn't realize. The other thing that's mm-hmm. interesting to me is like, for example, in the Egyptian culture, the writings of, of like demons mm-hmm. were in red ink. And that had to be done because if if they weren't done in red ink, they were just like regular spirits. So Daemon oh. was like a regular entity and they didn't have an actual physical word to that's differ between um, like an entity and like a demon. demon. Uh-huh. Interesting. Um, I already talked a little bit about like how Mesopotamia believed in the underworld and all that. And they believed in a a bunch of different entities that lived in the underworld. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, we're talking about like different princes. I don't know that they don't really use that terminology, but that's kind of the idea of what they believe. Right. So there's different like levels and classes of. Yeah. I mean, you know, they have the whole. Uh, what is it? I think it's like 62 demons or something like that. Oh, there's, and they're all different names of them. There there's definitely different names. I have a couple. Well, okay. So we can kind of go over that. So um, obviously there's like seven sins yeah. in, the, in the Christian and Catholic type beliefs, right? But these are like demons right here that are widely accepted to exist, right? Okay. So the first one being Lucifer which is a devil of pride. I don't know if devil would be the right way to say it, but demon of pride. King of demon, Lord of demons? Maybe. 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 Hmm. Like I said, this is definitely a, a whole topic on its own. Yeah. Just based off of how many there are. But some of these names you hear all the time and think of like, oh, that's the devil. That's not the devil. It's the not devil, just the devil. The devil has many different names and many different princes and kings of hell. So mm. these are the seven big ones, though. So the first one's Lucifer for pride. The second one is Beelzebub. I've which heard that. You've name. heard as well, probably. Yep. For gluttony. Number three, I don't know if I'm going to pronounce this right, but it's Sathanus, which is for wrath. And and other. Isn't um, that Satan? That's what I was about to say. Uh, yes. And other derivatives of that name, Satan, is wrath. Okay. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Then Belphegor. Is for sloth. Hmm. Never heard that one. Nope. Mammon for greed. I've heard of mammon. The next one you've definitely heard of. Leviathan. Ooh, I didn't know that was a... uh, Yeah, neither did I. I just thought it would talk about like some sort of like water monster, but Leviathan is actually of envy. And if I do recall, Leviathan is like the demon of the sea or something. They have multiple titles to be fair. And the final one is, uh, this is going to be butchered. I'm sorry. <laughs> Asmodeus for lust. I don't so know. this idea of, of demons on the more Christian side, just because that's, that appears to be the easiest, like from all my research and everything that I looked up, that appears to be like the most studied. They mm-hmm. are strictly evil. 
unlike the idea of like the Greek Greek um, ideology of demons, yeah, strictly evil. There's strictly. there's nothing good about them. That's I think that's a widely accepted term. <laughs> I mean, not term, like, that idea, yeah. Demons but what's are interesting bad. to me, and and this was something that you were familiar with, and we talked about before we started, mm-hmm. was that not not all I guess Jews believe in demons. You could have phrased that better, but yeah. Yeah, I know that sounds bad. <laughs> um, yeah, well, Ju- would you say Judaism? Sure. B- but based off of what I, I saw, though, Jewish people, that doesn't, that that idea doesn't refer to all of their ideas. No. It's only a small amount of them that don't actually believe in that. Yep. So I don't know how else I would phrase that, to be fair. No. You did your best. I, I really did. So <laughs> there's another, uh, probably one of the most famous Groups that have ever researched demons. I think you already know who they are. She meant the Catholics. Well, yeah, that's my guess. That's not who I'm talking about. I'm talking about a little, a little group, two people. Oh, the Warrens, Ed and Lorraine Warren. Yeah, right. So they were paranormal investigators. They were attached to the Catholic Church, so I was right. Yeah, I think Ed was, but he wasn't technically like a bishop or anything. No, 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 no. They They just just trusted him and entrusted him with. You know, they turn to them various for their, uh, different exorcisms. They, yeah, they turn allegedly. to them for their exorcisms and investigations. I can't say that that's actually true. Okay, I think that's like the Conjuring movies version of events. I don't know that that, that is actually true. Oh, okay. They definitely did found the New England Society for Psych- um, Psychic Research, Nesper. So they did have a lot of cases. Yes. Um, if you recall, Ed in a lot of the movies, at least. Mm-hmm. And in a lot of the writings talks about the four degrees of demonic possession. Yes. Are you familiar with that? Do you know what they are? Not on the top of my head. I remember him talking I would have been impressed if you did because I didn't even know. Oh. I always remember the first one because it sounds real creepy. Infestation. Oh. The second one's oppression. Oh. The third one is obsession. Oh. And then the fourth one is, well, possession. Possession. Which makes sense, right? Um, yup. Exactly. So it, it, just to kind of simplify some of these right the first one infestation haunted house kind of stuff right footsteps apparitions furniture objects moving oh odors with no discernible source um directly affecting property objects animals not necessarily people at that point it's kind of interesting Hmm. oppression that's when you know the next level of stuff starts popping up. We're talking about like, like scratches, scratches, Ooh. physical attacks, okay. sleep disturbances, um, regular nightmares, frequent and severe illnesses, major depression. Uh, Some about, of the key things about, that you uh, see like sleep paralysis. Does that fall into that? I would imagine that would, because it says sleep disturbances, including regular nightmares. Oh, so that would make sense. Would it? It would. I think that would, um, the third step obsession. Mm. Um, basically, you have a hard time functioning without thinking about the thoughts of all of these haunted things or what you think well, to I mean, be if haunted. If it's in your house and I, it's going to be hard to get that out of your mind, which I'm sure is part of the process of the demon that wants you to do that. Sure. But from a logical standpoint, if your home is, you know, fucking with you, then I'm not going to be there. It's going to be on my mind how to stop it. Exactly. And I think the idea of demonic possession is in that, that they're necessarily within you. But I think they get in your head so much that you think that they are, which Ooh, is that's, interesting that's a, because that's a hot take. A, that that that's well, that's my opinion so, on that so based off I've, of what even some people say about alien abductions. Okay, what I've heard from demonic possession is when it starts with those infestation, mm-hmm. upset or uh, yeah, obsession and all that stuff. 
or oppression, sorry, is that once you start going down that road, it enters yep. you. Once you start buying into it, yes. So you'll it will start with the um, you know, infestation where it, like let's say infest infests your house, and then once you start maybe acknowledging it, responding to it. You get that You're oppression. buying into it. You get the oppression, yeah. and that's where you've essentially opened your soul to, hey, there's something going on in my house that's, you know, demonic, ghostly, or whatever. And once you open your soul to it and basically accept that something's going on, is it goes in, and then that's how you get possessed. And it goes from there kind where of, you yeah. get that other I stuff. I mean, obviously, no one knows exactly no, how you get all. possessed, this but that, that's a good opinion, and, that, and that's that's a widely accepted take on how this all is, right? Yeah. Your free will is is never technically removed it's you know severely compromised for yes. sure but it's never technically removed it's okay. i think that you're just so much in your own head about everything that's going on that you can't you can't control it yeah so it, it, those are basically the four steps that they claim those mm-hmm. are the four steps that they look into when they first come in obviously the first one is the thing that brings them in yeah you know the ghostly activity or what appears to be ghostly activity so how do you discern between what is a demon and what is a ghost that's always been my question and i think that's why i was so confused about it i don't know i think it's a case-by-case basis i definitely think it's a case-by-case basis Ah, it's the only way you can describe it saying what it is that being said that wraps up this episode yeah i hope you got a little bit knowledge of uh what we kind of classify as our four ones i think this is going to be the end of our knowledge-based generic topics is like you know get your feet wet kind of learn a little about the paranormal before we start doing some more cases so you have basic understanding yeah no i i think that's a a great start i think we touched on a lot of basic stuff and i think we are ready to do our first actual investigation investigation on this next episode i'm looking forward to it me too we will see you guys on the next one all right see you next week everybody